Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. And elsewhere our Lord says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. But in another place, he says, if a house is divided against itself, it cannot stand. On this 20th Sunday of Ordinary Time, we are provoked to consider what it means to be divided. How is it that division has entered into our life? And is that division good or evil? What are the fruits of this division? How can we interpret our Lord's words about division being part of his divine mission, a good thing? And if division occurs, then does not the kingdom, the house of David, fall into ruin? But more importantly, this gospel lesson begs us to look at this question. Why is my heart divided? In other words, how come I cannot simply love the good God? Instead, I unintentionally and intentionally seek out creatures to fill up a void that is bottomless. And we all know that this pursuit causes us restlessness and we end up in a state of sorrow. This is without a doubt. The great St. Augustine tells us, Our hearts are restless, Lord, until they rest in you. Thus, in order to tackle some of these tough questions, we can first look at division as it is opposed to the order of peace. Second, we can look at division within our relationships with others. And lastly, we can move deeper and consider division within our restless and duplicitous hearts. How can we say that division relates to peace? Peace is, by definition, the tranquility of order. According to natural principles, we see order amongst the cosmos, the sentient life on earth, between the primordial forces of earth, wind, and fire, and in effect, all of creation. Among man there is the order of nature, whereby man's flesh is tamed by its subjection to reason. There is the order of the family, whereby the father is head, and each member of the family serves the good of the whole. On a supernatural level, there is a kind of rest and enjoyment that comes about when our lives are ordered towards love of the brethren and love of God. Our lives become more peaceful the more those two ends influence our daily actions. We make choices 
some bad and some good, and these either help or hinder our love for God and the brethren. And our desire to be with God and the brethren for all eternity shapes our actions in the here and now. But it is manifestly clear that Christ does not want to break this supernatural kind of peace. He, more than anyone, wants our salvation and wants to shape our actions by producing desire and love within us by means of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we can say that Christ wants to cause division between the supernatural order and the merely natural order. A father will be divided against his son and a son against his father. This cannot mean that the father, the first person of the Trinity, wishes to be divided from his children, like some lonely, forlorn god of the Greek tragedies. So it is clear that Christ is creating division between the supernatural order and the natural order. But how does this affect our relationships in general? Remember that a father cannot be called a father unless he has a son, and a son cannot be called a son unless he was begotten by his father. The relationship between father and son is one of union, namely the begetter and the one begotten. And this union is only a foreshadowing of the Trinitarian relationship between the Father and Christ, the Son. In this, between what, in this way, in this way, our salvation. In this way, sorry, we can say that Christ divides us from our natural lives as sons and brings us into the bosom as supernatural sons. So Christ divides the relationship so that he might create a more perfect union and therefore greater ordering according to a supernatural state. And this applies to all the other states of division mentioned. Thus, the order of creation is destroyed and the order of the kingdom of God is established in its place. In effect, we find our peace through our identity as sons of God. And our identity as sons of God allows us to see our neighbor as ourselves. As in effect, we are able to love our neighbor through a mutual enjoyment of peace. At last, we begin to love God with our whole heart, our whole soul, and our whole mind. But we are not really that good at loving God. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we read, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. In fact, there are times when we might even dislike God to a very strong degree. And there are other times when the tears stream from our eyes because of his loving goodness. 
And these ups and downs with God are something natural to the fallen state of man. And this roller coaster comes from a divided heart. It is the greatest suffering of man to feel this division with him himself, and from it come the most detestable of uncharitable acts. It breeds pain, suffering, doubts, darknesses, and fears that seem to only be remedied by death. We want God, and we can't have him, seemingly. We want creatures, and we lose ourselves and our identity in the process. So what is the remedy for our broken hearts? Marriage. Yes, marriage. When a man is so deeply in love with a woman, he desires wholeheartedly to unite himself to her. And how does this translate into our quest for a united heart? A man shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall cleave to his wife, and they will be one flesh. Within our hearts, the two divisions between God and man need to be united. They need to be one flesh. And this is accomplished when wayward man takes his love of creatures and mates it to his love of God through love, through the gift of charity. Man leaves behind his natural love and loves on a supernatural level. Man loves with God's love, and this love brings together every rung of the hierarchy of being. Within man's heart, he unites what he loves, and thus he himself is united. His fleshly heart becomes one because he cleaves to his bride, the church. That very mystical body with Christ as the head is the object of our love which unites our hearts to God and man in an undivided way. In essence, we are baptized into the death of Christ, so desirable for the Son of Man. And in this way, Christ rains down the sanctifying fire of the Holy Spirit to meld our hearts into one flesh. Our Messiah himself says, I have come to set the earth on fire, which represents the subjection of the natural order, and how I wish it were already blazing on fire, which represents the desire of the God-man for hearts burning with the love of God, the Holy Spirit. Subsequently, when we receive the most holy body and blood of our Lord, our hearts are made one with Christ and with the church as a whole. Our pains, doubts, sufferings, darknesses, and fears become love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And how is this possible? Because when we receive Christ, we become Christ, 
and he loves the Father with infinite love. Therefore, in union with the church, we are able to love God with infinite love. And if you still need encouragement for your broken, torn, and divided heart, maybe you still feel that division within yourself quite acutely, then heed these words from the book of Ecclesiastes. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. With Christ, we can do all things. All things are possible for the good of those who have been called according to his decree. In short, turn to Christ in your every need because he is waiting to grant your every desire. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He causes division, but only for the sake of a greater fruit.